How often have you told somebody, hey, it's my way or the highway, and they chose the highway? That really help you reach your goals? Welcome to the Mind Wrench Podcast with your host, Rick Sellover, where minor adjustments produce major improvements in mindset, personal growth, and success. This is the place to be every Monday, where we make small improvements and take positive actions in our business and personal lives that will make a major impact in our success, next level growth, and quality of life. Hey, what's up, everybody? Rick over here, and welcome back to another episode of the Mind Wrench Podcast. Today, I want to talk about a subject that affects every single one of us, and that is our egos and how that affects us, how it helps us, or how it can hurt us. And I want to shine a little bit of a light on it today because I've seen it affect so many collision shop owners, and I believe if they have a better understanding of what it is, what affects it, and how it affects those around you, They might be able to make some changes that can help get them to the next level of life and their success in their business. Now, we've never seen such a low availability of qualified technicians in our history as we've seen in the last few years. In fact, it's not just in the collision business. Every hands-on or technical sector of every service industry in our nation, mechanics, and and not just automotive mechanics, uh, but HVAC, plumbers, electricians, builders, machinists, The list goes on and on, but that's not news to you, right? We all know that. Competition has continually grown more fierce as shops fight to survive our rapidly changing landscape, and MSO consolidation continues to gobble up more shops and more market share. But that's no surprise either, right? The pool of uh, qualified technicians that still have some career left in them and are able to adapt to the advanced methods of collision repair that will be required to repair today's and tomorrow's vehicles is declining at an alarming rate. But you already know that too, right? So why, when you're dealing with a good tech that is capable and trustworthy about something that may be, I don't know, a small infraction of one of your rules or showed up late or had to leave to take his kids uh, somewhere you know, a little early or is asking for some more time on a job, uh, some additional parts that were missed, you know, legitimate requests, or pushes back on something that's been asked uh, of him or her to do free without a reasonable reason or explanation. You get a little angry with him or her, maybe start scolding or yelling or correcting, and you know he or she may try to defend his position, and it leads to the old phrase, hey, listen, buddy, this is my shop. It's my way or the highway. Anybody been there? Now, this is in the framework that the tech is not you know, doing something illegal, immoral, or, or is a shop poison. Well, we all know people that are shop poisons. They're like cancer in a shop, right? No, I'm, I'm talking about a solid tech that plays normally within the guidelines, has a few shortcomings that can be worked with, or, or could perform better if given the right latitude. Do you really want to take the chance that he or she picks highway as the best option? Will that help you, you know, in your production or help your profitability or your future vision of your business? Yeah, maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it won't. But you should know. 
That was your ego talking, not your best business mind. Okay, what about an insurance adjuster you're dealing with on an additional? That he or she is not seeing your way on a particular part of the repair, uh, labor time, or a part that should be new instead of previously enjoyed. Or one of the 50 other million instances that you will not see eye to eye with an adjuster on. You start yelling, get more agitated, demand to talk to his or her supervisor, and the adjuster pushes back just a little and throws out one of their statements like, uh, Nobody around here ever charges for that, or we have never paid for that before, or maybe LKQ parts are just as good as new. And a little voice inside your head tells you, this is bullshit. No one's going to tell me how to fix this car. No one's going to tell me how to run my business. No one's going to tell me how to write an estimate. Or maybe it's, uh, oh, this kid, he probably doesn't even know how to wipe his own ass. He's certainly not going to tell me what it takes to fix a car properly, or... She's straight out of college, probably never seen a dipstick, let alone know what it takes to replace a quarter panel, or much more brutal. And in this state, you might even tell a supervisor to take his DRP program and shove it where the sun don't shine. Well, certainly told him or her, didn't you? Here he goes now doing a little happy dance inside your head. Frickin' right it is, buddy. So did you win on this? Well, did you? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you got a little bit more time. Or, you know, maybe you got the new parts that you're looking for. Whatever they conceded on... You won the short game, but you're now earmarked by that insurance is difficult, uh, combative, or hard to deal with, which isn't always a good long-term strategy for future successful negotiations. Or maybe they took your DRP program and shoved it where the sun don't shine, away from you. And now you've lost 10, 15, I don't know, 20% or more of your workflow and income. Was that a win? Ego still doing a happy dance now? Are you closer to your long-term goals for your shop? Maybe, but most likely, probably not. I've seen these exact scenes played out in front of me, time and time again, in hundreds of shops I've visited. These are not far-fetched scenarios. This really happens every single day. I've witnessed the king of the jungle, don't touch that, it's mine, I'm the boss here, display of ego, in all of its chest-puffing, profanity-spewing, red-faced glory. More times than you can imagine. I've also heard these boastful, prideful triumphs shared by some really proud owners. I've also heard these embarrassing admissions from some regretful owners. And at the heart of all these toxic scenarios is quite simply the proud male or female ego calling the shocks for you without consulting your brain, logic, or common sense first. Left unchecked and unbalanced, Your ego can destroy your business, your personal relationships, your career, your dreams, your future, all depending on how you've programmed your ego. What? What did you just say? How have I programmed my ego? What the? Yes, you heard me right. You are responsible for your ego and how it was programmed. It all starts by about the age of three with uh, basic physical controls. And by ages 7 to 13, you've developed significant steps in fending for yourself. And it continues to develop throughout your life. In a nutshell, uh, ego is defined beautifully by Dr. Wayne Dyer in his book, Inspiration. And these uh, five key things. Number one, I am what I have. That would be physical possessions. You know, boats, cars, money, houses, property, those kinds of things. That's why ego drives you to continually uh, collect more things and buy more stuff. Number two, I am what I do. That's quite simply, you know, are you the janitor 
Are you the general manager? Are you the owner? You know, how important you think you are based on what you do and the level of importance you place upon yourself based on what you do. Number three, I am what other people think of me. And this is probably one of the most dangerous ones, is you're constantly valuing yourself based on what you think other people think of you. You have no idea what they think, but you're making assumptions and you're creating your own world based on what you think other people think of you. Number four, I am separate from everybody else. And that's where you start building that silo around yourself and isolating yourself. Uh, Your ego tells you you are better than and you are different than and you are separate than everybody else in the world. And number five, I am separate from what is missing in my life. Now, ego is not always a bad thing. There are some very positive advantages to a healthy ego. It gives us the ability to push and do things that we're we're scared of. Uh, It can give us the confidence in, in challenging situations. It can help us achieve peak performance. It's what makes competitive sports what it is, exciting and entertaining to watch. And it's the driving force that makes an athlete try to outperform their competitors, to not let the other guy or the girl win to ensure their own victory and let the world know that they are the better person. Your ego is your sense of self-importance. The, the larger your ego, the larger your self-esteem is. And it's our ego that builds our self-confidence, our drive to succeed, and our optimism. It's what drives you to build a bigger shop, have a nicer front office, uh, gain more DRPs than your competitors, better KPIs, the latest equipment, a nicer car, a bigger house, another car, a bigger boat, More property, more toys, more, 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 more everything. A healthy ego helps people reach their potential. Remember Muhammad Ali claimed, I am the greatest. That's exactly what he became. But left unchecked and unbalanced and without control, an ego can get out of hand quickly and undo all the success you've worked so hard and so long for. There is an endless list of celebrities and people at the top of their games in business, entertainment, sports, that have had their overblown egos seriously damaged or destroy their careers. You might recognize some names like uh, Brian Williams. He was the NBC News anchor that claimed he saw a little quote-unquote action in the Iraq War when he really didn't. Bill O'Reilly. Bill's ego finally caught up with him. Steve Jobs. Howard Hughes. Charlie Sheen. Dennis Rodman. Kanye West. John DeLorean. And who can forget New York Congressman Anthony Weiner. Hell, we even got a president that whose ego kind of gets in the news once in a while, and many, many more. So if you start seeing a little bit of yourself at this point, that's okay. In fact, that's great. The first step in adjusting your ego to better serve you and your successful future is to realize this may be you, and it's okay to not be an egomaniac every minute of the day. If you're trying to win a race... Beat your best time running up a mountain or something. Uh, Lift more weights or or something that requires maximum physical energy. Ego is extremely helpful. Hell, you can't do it without it. But when you're working with other people and your family or employees or the team that you're on, and you're trying to gain cooperation to accomplish something where two more people have to compromise, having control and checking your ego can go a long way in ultimately getting you where you want to go. So here are a couple of tips on bringing your ego down a notch or two, a few strategies to help you tame the arrogant and selfish tendencies you have, and they'll work if you let them. Number one, adopt a beginner's mindset. There's a great quote that goes, it's impossible for one to learn that 
which one thinks one already knows. Quit approaching things as, I know everything, I don't need any help on this. Have a beginner's mindset. Number two, focus on the effort, not the outcome. As Coach John Wooden says, success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do your best to become the best you are capable of becoming. So focus on the things that you do best and focus on doing the best that you can. That's what really matters. External rewards are just icing on the cake. Number three, let go of control. The toxic need to control everything and micromanage everything can be overwhelming and exhausting. Ego says, it all must be done my way, even the little things, even the non-important things. And a smart person must regularly remind themselves of the limits of their power and reach. Simple, but not always easy. And number four, kill your pride before you lose your head. Do not let pride lead you astray. Remind yourself daily how much work is still ahead to complete a task. Don't focus on what you've already done. Remember, humility is the antidote to pride. Okay, so hopefully I've shined a bright enough mag light on ego, what it is, how to recognize it in yourself, and how an oversized ego can work against you, possibly destroy what success you've worked your butt off to gain, but also where ego can help you when confidence and maximum performance is needed to succeed. Also, I've given you a few tips and strategies on how to adjust your ego to a level that allows you to work with more effectively with others and enjoy better relationships with those in your personal and professional life. So I know this subject might have been a little touchy for some people, and it might have exposed you if, if you were one of those with a, an extraordinary uh, large ego. But I do this with full transparency. So as our shrinking pool of technicians continues, and the struggle to gain good techs in our shops is getting more tough every single week, if you're one of those guys that has an extremely large ego and you're tough to deal with, listen, no one's going to tell you that. But believe me, every technician in town, your competitors, your suppliers, your partners, everybody else around you knows that you may be, you know, quote unquote, difficult or a little egotistical. So if you know that going into this, okay, and you know that you want to be around for another 5, 10, 15 years in this business, make some adjustments now. Make your shop one of the shops that guys want to go to because they know, you know, they'll make good money, they'll have great work, and they don't have to deal with a huge personality that may have a large ego that, that may turn them off. Or may, you know, listen, they can go to a million shops and work and get paid. They're going to be looking for the best atmosphere, the best working conditions, you know, along with, you know, better equipment and, and better facilities. But believe me, I've seen enough technicians, they'll work in a little bit less of a, of a you know, newer shop for a higher quality of work environment. That becomes more and more important every year. Guys are going to spend most of their life working in your shop. They want it to be as enjoyable and pleasant as possible. And the key to that is being able to deal with an owner or a leader that is not full of himself or extremely egotistical, or one of those guys that, hey, it's my way or the highway. So I hope this helps. I hope this makes a difference for those of you uh, that may be in that area. You know, like I said, I hope I don't offend anybody. I hope I don't piss anybody off. But, you know, these things need to be talked about. And, and I don't hear anybody else talk about this kind of a subject in our industry. So here you go. I thought I'd do it. The real question is, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? So hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully it made some sense. Hopefully it opened some eyes. 
If you have comments, concerns, feel free to let me know. And I hope you have an amazing week. I'll see you next Monday. If you like this episode, please rate it and hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach me on Instagram at Rick underscore Silover, Facebook or Facebook Messenger, or LinkedIn. And please make sure to check out my Facebook page or join my Facebook group, Collision Mastermind. And last but not least, if you see value in this podcast, please share it with others so I can help serve as many people in our industry as possible. And remember, you don't have to be better than anybody else. Just be a better version of you than you were yesterday. Okay, one last thing before you go. I need to ask you a favor. And if you can do this favor for me, I want to send you a free gift. So this podcast has started off great, and I've had a lot of really good feedback. But I need your help to get it in front of as many people in our industry as possible. There really seems to be a, an unfulfilled need for this these days. So this is where you come in. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Spotify, find my show, and rate it. And please leave a comment. This is how iTunes gets it in front of more potential listeners. Once you do that, then send me an email at ricksalover 51 at gmail.com. Or you can instant message me on Facebook Messenger or direct message me on Instagram at rick underscore silover with your name and email address. And I will send you a free gift as a token of my appreciation. I'll send you a copy of the Unstoppable Morning Routine, my exact formula of the routine I follow every day. You will have a complete step-by-step process to follow that will help guide you to the start of an unstoppable day. And thanks again for listening. Have a great week. See ya.